In today's episode of Secret Heroes, our journey takes us through the remarkable life of Florence Renee Sabin, a trailblazing female scientist who defied the odds, shattered barriers, and demonstrated that the limits of success are set only by the scope of our dreams and determination. Florence's achievements are very impressive and deserve to be shared more than it has been. Picture it, Central City, Colorado, in the year 1871, a time when the Wild West was still very much wild. In this rustic landscape, Florence Renee Sabin made her grand entrance, destined to become a force that defied convention. Her early years unfolded in Denver, but destiny dealt a heavy blow in 1877 when her mother's life was claimed by childbirth complications. Thus, beginning a new chapter, a new life with her grandparents and her uncle, Albert Sabin, Florence and her sister stayed in Chicago until Uncle Albert moved the family to the picturesque backdrop of Vermont, where Florence attended Vermont Academy. This bright student was always intrigued by science from a young age and was extremely gifted in what she did. When Florence became of age, her family persuaded the young girl to get a college degree. This brought her to Smith College, where she graduated in 1893. That same year, the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine started its first year of classes, which motivated Florence to work hard for the next three years to eventually get enough money to attend in 1896. Florence had a lot of worldly struggles and personal doubts along the way. She came into contact with people who didn't believe in her, financial struggles, and many other hurdles. Despite these setbacks, she continued to persevere and kept fighting to do what she knew she was meant for. Along her journey, she met a professor named Franklin P. Mall, the first professor of anatomy at Johns Hopkins. While she was still a med student, she used Mall's support to grow her research profession and soon became the author of her very first published paper on the anatomical relations of the nuclei of reception of the cochlear and vestibular nerves. This seemed to level up her career. She became Mall's assistant and also published An Atlas of the Medulla and Midbrain, which became a well-known book. A significant setback in her career was the discrimination of women. Because of the ignorance society had about females in these times, the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine would not hire Florence, only because of her gender. Surprisingly, after years of being a student at this college, and proving how extraordinary this woman was after her first research paper had been published, she was still denied to be hired at the school. As driven as Florence was about her career, refusal did not stop her. She continued to build her profession by pushing out more research papers that were paid for by a group that supported female researchers. After more of her writing came out, Florence finally showed the school that she was the right person for the job. In 1903, she became the first woman to work at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and a couple of years later became associate professor. Many years later, when Professor Mall passed away, she stepped into his shoes and became full professor of histology, another big achievement, being the first ever woman to hold that title at this school. In the year of 1925, she moved on to bigger and better things at the Rockefeller Institute. Here, she was the head of the cellular immunology portion of the school, which made her the first female full member of the Rockefeller Institute. 
She also made an astounding amount of achievements in this school, including becoming the first woman to serve as president of the American Association of Anatomists and the first woman to be elected to the National Academy of Sciences. Her experiences working at the Rockefeller Institute led to acknowledgement that she couldn't ever have imagined. She kept at her research and extended her knowledge of how white blood cells fight off infections and diseases within the body, specifically tuberculosis. Florence played an important role at this institute, teaching others about the medical knowledge she was well-educated in. Florence retired in 1938, at the age of 67, and moved back to Colorado to live with her sister. However, this didn't stop her from being active in her scientific community she built up. She would go to conferences regularly, and she served on many governing and advisory boards. She was asked to take the reins of the Health Committee of Colorado's Post-War Planning Committee in 1944, and this came with more achievements. With Florence at the helm, this committee achieved a remarkable feat with the passage of the health bills for the state in 1947, aptly named the Sabin Program. Subsequently, she assumed the role of head of the Interim Board of Health and Hospitals of Denver, in addition to serving as the manager of the Denver Department of Health and Charities. During this transformative period, Florence's influence extended beyond the realm of administration. With a fervor for positive change, she spearheaded a campaign to enhance her hometown's living environment. Her efforts translated into tangible improvements, resulting in cleaner streets, as well as more hygienic restaurants and stores. Florence's transformative touch even reached deeper, the very fabric of the city. Her persistent waves of change led to a noticeable decrease in tuberculosis cases within Denver. As the curtains draw in this episode of Secret Heroes, the legacy of Florence Renee Sabin remains a beacon of inspiration. In her indomitable spirit, we find the timeless reminder that potential knows no boundaries when met with unwavering determination. May her story serve as a catalyst for unearthing the lesser-known narratives that have shaped our world. Remember to share this episode with fellow seekers of history. And until our paths cross again, I'm Greg, signing off. Thank you.